Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's time once again to learn about all the happenings in the world, the important stuff, right here with Decibel Geek, New Noise, talking all about rock and roll, the crazy stuff, the fun stuff, it's all here. You're going to learn a little something today about the world around you. Thanks to myself, Aaron Camaro, and your main man, the anchor right here, holding it all down, Mr. Chris Sinzak. How you doing, brother? I'm good, despite the fact that I'm the person that holds you back from featuring Ugly Kid Joe on our show. <laughs> I was just kidding I, around about that. I had to, I had to bust your balls though. <laughs> I knew you knew I was kidding. I know. Like, Wait a minute, I'm pretty open-minded. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I like to think that I've actually turned you into an ugly kid Joe fan, nudged you a little bit, and then yeah. let the music do the talking. Yeah, and but I'm probably one of the weirdest ugly kid Joe fans there is because I like the more current stuff than the old stuff. You know what? When Loose Cannon and I, what we're talking about is uh, I joined my friend Loose Cannon from the Cobras and Fire podcast, and we did an ACLC pod crash and made a whole episode about Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do it. But like we talked about at the end when you said, you know, obviously you think of America's Least Wanted as where you would think somebody should start. Mm -hmm. But I said, but realistically, the later stuff, the stuff coming out now is even better. As great as that stuff was, is maybe a better place to start if you are wanting to give that band a chance. You know, and not to turn this into an Ugly Kid Joe discussion, but I I noticed that, you know, because you guys were playing clips on it and, you know, listening to some of the old stuff. I've got about 10 minutes left, so I haven't gotten to that part of it. But um, the, the, the newer stuff just sounds more powerful than the old stuff. And I think that might have been part of the reason I never fully got on board back in the day. Because, yeah, there's distortion and great riffs and stuff, but it never had, like, that really big, punchy, ballsy sound to it that I used to like a lot, you know? 
Hmm. So maybe, not that it was weak sounding, but it just, right. I always thought their albums could have been produced better. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Because the songs are awesome. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you want to learn a little something about Ugly Kid Joe, check out Cobras and Fire. It's on there. ACLC. Almost two hours of Ugly Kid Joe talk. Yeah. And the, the best part to me was uh, you guys trying to dissect the Minister Sobriety cover. <laughs> <laughs> You guys put more thought into it than they did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It seems that way. Yeah, when uh, Loose Cannon said, hey, I need you to do something for me. I said, what? And he says, take a picture of yourself side profile taking a drink of beer out of a mug. I said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough job. Uh, yeah, but it was his brilliant idea to superimpose us onto the album cover with the kid drinking beer. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, it was that was that weird period of of strange album covers and it was what was that record label that had warrant and other what was it called uh, was it deadline not deadline it was um but they had like belly to belly and uh some other cmc C, it, it looks like a cmc album cover yeah yeah, yeah. it's like the same art department did it <laughs> we ain't got thirty thousand dollars to spend on your album cover this time yeah Here's five photographs. Pick one. Yeah. And just and put fire in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we can't afford to use your normal logo this time. <laughs> Pick one of these fonts that are available to you now for free. That's one. There's an idea for a live stream we should do sometime, like worst all-time hard rock band album covers. That's a good one. I like that. That would be fun to do. Yeah. Because you have to do it on the live stream, though, because it's too visual. Right, yeah, we'd have to get our picks in ahead of time, and then you could flash them up on the screen as we were talking about them. I like it. Right. And there goes my dogs. They always know when I record, and then they go ape shit. Never fails. That's one thing about dogs, man. They all want to be on the Decibel Geek podcast. That's true. There's probably people listening to this right now with their dogs, and the dogs, you know what they're thinking? I wish I could be on that show. Or they're, turn off those idiots. Feed me. <laughs> so you ready to get uh, going on some news stories? Yeah, what do we got? What's going on in the world around us? Well, so the first one is uh, Wendy Dio had an interview recently and said that, uh, asked in a new interview with Ann Erickson of Audio Inc. Radio about her previous comment that her mission in life now is to carry on Ronnie's legacy. Wendy said, I just think that Ronnie was always overlooked during the time that he was alive. After his passing, it, I just felt like his music was something that he wrote for the fans. He performed for the fans. He loved his fans, and that should continue and carry on. One of the reasons why we did the documentary, which is called Dio Dreamers Never Die, um, was so that people could understand him, understand his life and where he came from, on and on and on. But um, I don't know. I, I never really thought that way, but in hindsight, it does kind of make sense because it almost seems like he's more celebrated in death now than he was when he was, when he was active. But ain't that the way it goes for all of them? Yeah. All the ones that are gone too soon. Yeah. You know, people pick up on it when it's gone, you know? Yeah. And somebody asked on, the, I think it was on the Metal Sludge Board, interesting question of, you know, you've got Dio and you've got Ozzy, and they're both iconic. I saw that. They're both iconic singers, but why is it that Ozzy achieved such mass success? I'm sure there's a number of reasons, but, like, Ronnie, you know, obviously successful, but never on the massive level that Ozzy got to as a solo artist. Why do you think that is? Well, I saw that too, and I was thinking about it, and I, I'm not sure what it is, you know. If you talk about, like, who do you want in your band, you know, who's the most talented? 
it kind of leans towards Dio, I think, because Dio was also more of a songwriter. Mm -hmm. You know, in those early days, Ozzy pretty much had everybody do everything for him. And then would, then would credit himself, but yeah. <laughs> and then get credit for it. But those songs were amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, is it because maybe Dio never had his Randy Rhodes? That, well, I mean, he had some great players. He had Vivian and, you know, had you know Rowan Robertson. Craig Goldie was a good player, but I mean. Great players, all great players, but none of them are guys, you know, that you think of at top tier. When I think of top tier yeah. guitarists of all time, Randy Rhodes has got to be one, two, or three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I do. My opinion is I think that, A, I think Ozzy had more of a radio-friendly voice for the masses because yeah. um, Dio – incredibly talented singer probably a better singer than than ozzy but as far as technique and ability but i don't know ronnie always had the you know the dark dungeons and dragons lyrics and stuff right. and i i think just based on subject matter and the sound of his voice i i think that he was gonna always be more of a cult legend than than ozzy was and um also um, ozzy ozzy had a lot of that stuff too um, he did, but also, I mean, songs like Crazy Train, um, yeah. you know, the, probably more radio-friendly than some of the stuff. I don't know what it is. Maybe just because when you replace somebody in an iconic band that so many people love, you're always going to be looked at as second best. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's probably a number of reasons. Tell us in the comments what you think the reason is. Yeah, might just boil right down to personal preference. You know, I love them both, but... Boy, if I had to have one or the other, like discography versus discography, I'd have to go with Ozzy. It's a hard one to pick. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, to speaking of Ozzy, on the next story, on Friday, September 16th, Ozzy is going to release a three-part video series about the making of the new Patient Number no. 9 album. That's pretty cool. Man, people were mad, mad about his halftime appearance. Yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, we were talking about it like, wow, that's awesome. You know, Ozzy's going to be playing the halftime of a football game, you know, and it's going to be on TV. How cool is that? Right. And and then that's not actually what you got as a TV viewer. No. If you were at the game, it seemed like it was awesome. Yeah, probably. I mean, and it was funny. Baco brought up an interesting comment in the in the comment section uh, when I posted about it. Like, you know, Ozzy was on, on screen for just a few seconds. And he was like, in fairness, did you know, did they really promote it as being a televised thing? And I was like, I'm not sure. So then I started looking and I I found several articles, including Rolling Stone magazine, saying, you know, that that NBC would carry the the show, the ha the performance. Yeah. So I'm like, well, no, they did put it out there that <clears throat> that they were gonna show the whole thing and I don't know what the reason for that is. It it it, it, it certainly pissed off a whole lot of people. Yeah. But luckily, Ozzy got his hands on the footage, and it was released, and it's on YouTube, so you can check that out. Pretty impressed with Ozzy Osbourne being at his advanced age. Granted, it was only two songs. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, man. He was awesome. Uh, eh, I might have to disagree with you on that. Um, but, I mean, it's <clears throat> you got to look at the circumstances, too. It's, a, it's at a professional sporting event. Ev everything is timed out to, be, to try to be perfect, and... I think it was definitely a lip sync job. I mean, I, but you know that that's nothing no new. No way. Oh yeah, no you way. don't think so? Uh, uh 
not on crazy train maybe no on the on the patient on number the song nine patient number nine yeah. definitely not on crazy no not train. on crazy train but on the for the new song i was kind of hoping he would actually sing that one but uh yeah it did seem too perfect for the first one yeah and andrew watt what's happened to him he looks a lot different these days <laughs> yeah he's up there bald-headed and wearing pajamas it was a little strange but i mean either way i'll i'll take uh i'll take that over what they typically roll out there for performances on during football games yeah. You know. Well, at least Ozzy's, his name's in the news, and people are getting the word that he's got a new album out. You know, maybe people go back and start buying this. You know, they go, oh, Rock's dead. Ozzy's got a new album coming out. Really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, that, I love the album. I do too, man. I've been jamming on it all day in the car. I got it when I was down in Indianapolis. And I got to tell you, man, when we went down there, we hit a lot of music stores, a lot of CD shops, a lot of record stores and stuff. And it wasn't until the very last one that we visited did I find one that was amazing. So I got to tell you this story just off track for just a second mm-hmm. of how I got my Ozzy CD. Hanging out up in Indiana for a couple of days and we decided, you know, there's one store left that we really haven't checked out. So we're going to go check it out. It's called Karma. It was on High School Road. And it was on the west side of town. I remember our cashier's name was Doug. And myself and the Mooger Fooger walked in. And he's playing music from The Elder. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's it's on I. And I walk in, and I'm just like, what is this? You know, it's like I look around. There's Kiss stuff all over the place. And I was like, I looked at the Mooger Fooger. I was like, I have never in my life ever walked into a record store that was playing music from the elder no me neither and he said me neither (laughs) (laughs) so we're tripped out on that from the very beginning and then we start looking around i find all kinds of cool stuff including that new ozzy osbourne cd we went to one place they had a special edition that came with a comic book Hmm. but i didn't want that i want a cd that's going to sit on my shelf with my other ozzy cds so i had to find the real deal and that's where i found it but yeah, and then he started playing the new uh, Off the Soundboard from Kiss. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. So we're in this store, and we're just jamming. The place is called Karma, and it's out on the west side. If you guys are in Indianapolis or plan on going to Indianapolis, I'm telling you, that's the place. There was other places on the list that had higher ratings. Bullshit. It was Karma. <laughs> they were the best. Everywhere from Louisville up to Indianapolis and all the CD and record shops in between, they were awesomest. That's cool. That's how I got my Ozzy CD. But the car we rented did not have a CD player. Oh, no. (laughs) I get all these amazing CDs on my trip, and I can't listen to none of them until I get home. So Ozzy's been on rotation all day long. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. I I mean, I, I like several songs off Ordinary Man, but I think this is much better than that one. No Elton John. Yeah, no Elton John this time. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That right there makes this album so much better than Ordinary Man. And like you said, Ordinary Man had a handful of good songs mm-hmm. on it. But from me listening to this, and this was just like my first day, so I've probably listened through it twice. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything I thought sucked. No, I like every song on it. Yeah, Every song is good. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with it at all. I, and the title track is just, that's one of the catchiest things he's put out in a long time. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't sound like Robo Ozzy. It's well to a point, but it's not as over the top as it was on Ordinary no. Man. 
ordinary man was kind of tough to listen to because he sounded like a robot programmed to sound like Ozzy. Yeah, they they really laid on some seriously thick auto tune on that one. Yeah. But he sounds great on this one. Yeah. I know it's weird, but we're talking about Ozzy almost every time we do a new noise. Which I know, is it's cool. awesome, man. This is the beautiful world we live in, yeah. you know? Imagine someday it's going to be a world without Ozzy. That's a day I don't want to imagine. So while he's here, drink it in, man, yeah. and enjoy it all you can. Well, and uh, to move on to some sad news, uh, you know, we recently played something from Night Flight Orchestra, which was one of your picks. And um, sadly, uh, a guy that was in... Uh, Night Flight Orchestra and Soil Work guitarist David Anderson passed away at 47 today. Dang, today? today. Holy shit. 47, yeah. that's young. What happened to him? Well, it, it, it's not really quite clear, but you can kind of read between the lines. Um, uh, Soil Work released a statement saying, We're deeply saddened today as we bring the terrible news of David Anderson's passing. He was one of a kind and a brilliant man in so many ways. He was our guitarist for more than 10 years and had a big impact on Soil Work's musical journey forward. Sadly, alcohol and mental illness took you away from us. We'll miss him dearly, and we'll continue to carry the legacy that he was a part of. So I, I'm guessing suicide. That sucks, man. That dude was a ripping guitar player, too. Yeah. I Seeing more and more of these types of death, um, in the but just in the world in general, but also in the music world. And, you know, we're all coming out of a really rough couple of years. So, um, yeah. um, I, you know, if you're struggling, you know, get help, ask for help before you do something that you're going to regret or your family's going to have to go through. So please take, get some help if you need it. Yeah. Just listen to some Ozzy. You get to feeling better. Talk to a friend, reach out to somebody, you know, yeah. nobody has to go through nothing alone. I mean, if you feel like you're all alone, there's somebody out there looking for somebody to help. And, you know, you can help somebody by letting them help you. Yeah. So that's uh rest in peace to that guy. It's really sad, but uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, been listening to more Night Flight Orchestra since you played the song a few weeks ago. Nice. I was like, well, I'm kind of getting into them a little bit more as time goes on, so that's cool. I justified them. You did. Um, well, some local news here in Nashville. Um, the Dead Daisies were supposed to play tonight at uh, Brooklyn Bowl, and uh, they, they had to cancel their appearance because Glenn Hughes has a throat infection, has been forced off the road. Man, Glenn Hughes has been having a tough, tough go of it here lately. Yeah, he had COVID earlier in the year and had to cancel some some dates. And uh, but they, uh, I guess Dino Jalusic, who you know you probably know from Animal Drive, he's been with White Snake, and yeah. he's uh, they are going to play dates going forward with him covering for Glenn. But they couldn't, I guess they couldn't make it work in time for them to play tonight. Apparently tonight, Enough's Enough is still going to play, and uh, Mangus's band Rock United got the opening slot. Nice. Yeah. I thought I saw something where they said that they were going to play with Dino. Not not in Nashville. No. Okay. No. At the dates the, the dates after this one. Gotcha. So. Man, that dude, he's man, he's just like the guy. You know, if you're getting up there in age and you're having a tough time as a singer, maybe they should just have this guy go stand behind Paul Stanley for a while, you know? Yeah, maybe so. And then I saw um Ron Keel is laid up in the hospital with uh, some sort of respiratory infection also. Oh, shit, man. Yeah, that's, uh, we're, I don't know that we're out of this stuff right now. I mean, it, I don't know that it's COVID, but, um, I don't know if you're a singer and you're, you're getting up there in years, you gotta take, gotta be careful. So, you know, best yeah. wishes to Ron and to Glenn. I hope they get through this really quickly, but yeah, it's Ron was like, this is the first time I've had to call in sick on a show in my whole life. So hopefully he's okay. 
A lot of love to both those guys. Glenn Hughes, one of the greatest of all time. Ron Keel, one of the coolest guys ever, you know. Both awesome dudes. Anybody out there feeling down, hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, well, our friend Toomey recently had Art Cruz from Lamb of God, the drummer, on his show. And, boy, Toomey knows how to get those uh, clickbait blabbermouth headlines. <laughs> Headline says, Lamb of God's Art Cruz ran- says, Randy Blythe is the greatest frontman in heavy metal history. Yeah, that's that's something somebody's going to click on and be like, ah, no way, you know. Yeah, he says... Uh, not just on a not just on a vocal level, it's more of a performer. You know what I'm saying? Metal bands need a performer and somebody like that that can really take it and lead you through this adventure. So I think between Randy and people like Jamie Josta and obviously Phil Anselmo, these are elite front men in my opinion. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I've never seen Lamb of God live, so I can't really have an opinion on this. No, but anything I've seen of him live, I mean, yeah, the dude does have it. Most yeah. definitely, no doubt. He's got stage charisma all day long you know and mm-hmm. to put him up there with phil and salmo and jamie josta i could see that you know to be a great singer in a band you got to be so much more than just a unique voice you got to be like you said somebody that leads the party leads the adventure you know the all eyes on this guy so you can't just be you know some boring turd up on the stage <laughs> that's no fun you know yeah. Right. So, yeah, I agree with that. I put him up there, you know, nothing, taking nothing away from the guy. But I'm thinking, if we're talking heavy metal, I don't know, you put D. Snyder in there, you got to put him up there, I guess. He's kind of a butthole in real life, but he was a hell of a front man. Yeah. Yeah, I would, you know, yeah, D. Snyder is definitely one of the top ones. I, you know, Blackie I, I would, Lawless? Uh, maybe. Put Blackie Lawless up there. He's a hell of a front man. I would do, uh, I would put, uh, well, Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson, of course. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. At least in their prime. Yeah, know. imagine imagine those bands if those guys didn't do anything but just stand there no. in their pajamas. <laughs> like Andrew Watt. Um, no, I, uh, it's interesting. I, I would, Lamb of God is a band, I'm, I'm not like super crazy about their music, but they're also a band I really want to see live so I can see if it clicks with me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes seeing it live is the only way it'll do. Yeah. Are you a fan of theirs? I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I don't hate them. Yeah. I think they're pretty good. You know, like I said, if you're in the mood for like Pantera and hate breed and stuff like that, well, that's not bad. It's good stuff. You mentioned Blackie Lawless. Well, he's part of the next story. Um, former Wasp guitarist Chris Holmes, who completed. Seven weeks of radiation therapy with a battle with cancer in his throat and neck was asking in an interview with the Metal Voice out of Canada if he had heard from Blackie since his diagnosis. He says, Blackie could have helped to pay for some of my treatment, but he didn't. But Nikki Six did. He gave me a lot of money. He was the first one. He forked over 500 bucks, and I love the guy for it. See, what's 500 bucks to a guy like that? You know, and it really means something to help somebody. You know, these guys were all... Especially Blackie and Chris. I mean, they were a huge part of Wasp together, you know. But again, you know, when you're the iconic front man, kind of sees a way of kind of taking things over a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of both those guys. I love that early Wasp stuff. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, I don't know that it's a big shock that Blackie wouldn't have reached out to him. There's so much bad blood between the two of those guys, you know. It's, yeah, but... Man, what a great way to squash it, maybe. 
It would have been nice, yeah. I mean, um, not so much. I mean, it. I mean, yeah, it would be nice if Blackie would have forked over some money to help him, but at the very least, a phone call. You know, yeah. and just call and say, "Hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope you get through this." But right, you know, yeah. not so much the money. I don't think. You know, if if you and I ever had like some kind of rift between us, and then one of us almost died, I mean, you'd reach out, right? You would think so. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to uh, wait until after the person's dead and then be like. You know, I probably should have called him. Yeah, you don't want to live with regret, regrets like that. Mm. I remember the when the Ramones started dying off one by one, there was a lot of interviews with, especially with Johnny Ramone. Like, hey, Joey died. Did you talk to him? He's like, no, I didn't talk to him. Yeah, that sucks. Like, oh. But then Chris Holmes don't call Blackie and be like, hey, give me some money either. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't open the call with that. <laughs> But I, I mean, I, I'm really happy for Chris Holmes. So I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad he got through that. It seems like he, he fought it off, and you know, best wishes for good health for him going forward. Yeah, 100. percent Chris Holmes freaking rocks. Did you see the the Mean Man documentary that put was put out about him? No. Uh-uh. Oh, you should watch it. It's really entertaining. I just assumed it was going to be all him in a swimming pool. No, no, no. That's a that's just a microcosm of his life, but it, it it's really it follows him around, you know, because he lives over in France now, I think, and yeah. it's it's like him doing appearances and shows in France and like seeing how the shows get set up and you know t- trying to load and unload the car. I mean, he's he's truly you know doing it warrior style. He, he's Chris is not riding around in limos and stuff. He's he's still out there slugging away, but it, it's a cool behind the scenes look at at what his life is like over there now. That's cool that there's fans in France where he lives that still want to come out and see him play. That's why he moved there. I mean, I, Europe is is a is a much better ground for him to uh, to get gigs and stuff. I, and that I've been saying that for years. He's probably mad as hell at us because now we just exposed the world to a whole bunch of other great bands from France, and now everyone's gonna know. He's like, damn it. I had a monopoly on this shit. Or he's mad that we didn't play any Chris Holmes songs. Yeah, we talked, we laughed <laughs> about that after we were done recording. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. He does live there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you might be hearing about Chris Holmes in the future, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I hope so. So uh, here's a band that is very big these days, and we've never, I don't think we've ever really covered them. Talking about Ghost. Tobias Forge, singer from Ghost, uh, had an interview recently and uh you know we've talked about this like with the striper cancellation and stuff and this uh kind of backs that up it's kind of funny that it was a striper story and now ghost is backing him up yeah um he says uh we're gonna do a lot of touring in 2023 we were sort of a little bit out of sync impera came out in the spring obviously and that was great we managed to do 50 shows in the spring which was incredible considering where the state of the world was at at that point not only with war and uncertainty especially in europe and he says, uh, well, he's talking about that, but then he also says, there's simply just too much going on right now. So so many bands out, and it's just too crowded, and it's hurting everyone, actually. I don't want to bring out the fiddles for rock and roll music, but trust me when I say that a lot of your favorite bands are really suffering because of, because of like, coming out of COVID. Everyone's trying to tour at the same time, and obviously people cannot see every band that comes through. Right, totally. So he says, so we just decided let's just stay out of this shit. It's just too much. We're happy for what we got. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's it's almost too much of a good thing right now because everyone is on tour right now. It's insane. Right. And with the way the inflation and everything else has gone on, you know, I mean, people are pinching pennies nowadays. And it sucks because 
it's true what he's saying. I mean, there's shows night after night after night, like, oh, there's something this week, there's that's next week. It's like, I got to look at all these bands that I would love to go see and go, okay, th- this is the handful that I'm actually going to go to. Right. So it sucks to have to choose, and especially when there's so much. You know, you feel like, damn, I would have loved to have gone to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, good thing Guar freed up a spot for me because they were in Indianapolis while we were still at home, and then we probably crossed each other on the interstate. Yeah. Because then they were coming down to Nashville to play while we were in Indianapolis. Yeah, I was going to go to that show, and then something came up at home, and I couldn't go, which sucks. I was really wanting to see them. And Crowbot's on that tour, too, and, and I right. wanting to see them. That's right, because yeah. young dude, electrician at work, was going to see Guar. I talked to him before I left. I said, oh, you're going to see Guar, huh? He's like, yeah, you know, like, I've never seen him before. And I said, oh, you're going to have a blast. And he's like, yeah, and this other band that's on there, and I forget who it was. He was excited about them. There's another band on there called Crowbot, mm-hmm. and I don't know a whole lot about them. And I said, oh, shit, Crowbot? Those guys are fucking awesome. Yeah. I said, you're going to like them. They're really good. Don't miss Crowbot. So he was like, all right, man, I'll go check it out. But, yeah, he got to go to the Guar show. I'm always happy for somebody that gets to go see Guar for the first time. You'll never forget that. It's kind of a life-changing experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guar is an unforgettable band to see live, <laughs> for sure. So you're not a, he's talking about ghosts a little bit. Are you, so you're mm-hmm. not a big – have you ever really given them a real chance? Oh, yeah, a few times. Yeah. Um, and what's your thoughts on them? I like some of their stuff. I don't hate them. Um there's something about Tobias's voice that just doesn't do it for me. It's it's just a little, I don't know, they, and they remind me a lot of Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, you know, it's, definitely. It's got that kind of sound to it. And some of their their newer stuff even goes into even more like new wavy type stuff. And um, yeah. I don't know, I don't hate them, but I I still don't get what the big deal is. You yeah. know, I, there's, there's a lot of other newer bands that I'm way more crazy about than Ghost. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of them? I had started seeing their CDs at reasonable prices and so i mm-hmm. thought okay i'm gonna start grabbing these up because everybody i know loves them so much you know and everybody's always talking about how great ghost is and i know they're super popular mm-hmm. so i started grabbing them up and then eventually i got almost all of them and off of each album there's probably three to four songs that i think are really cool oh that's kind of a success you know and then the rest, I wouldn't, I, I don't get, you know, it's either too artsy or too far out or whatever, you know, I get it. People want theatrics. Yeah. Oh, I, I think the image in the show is, is a cool idea. Yeah. And it's, it's unique for right now. There's not a whole lot of people out there doing it. There are no real Marilyn Mansons anymore. And there's, you know, the guys like Kiss and Alice Cooper, those are old time bands now, you know, so it's gotta be somebody picking it up and running with it and, it's working for them because a lot of people love that band. Well, they were doing a um, some kind of Spotify live stream session for like a Q&A or something, and uh, they had so many fans trying to tune in at the same time that it crashed Spotify server. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Shut it down. Yeah. So, they're I mean, they're very popular right now. Too popular. All right. Well, you want to take a break for some rock star birthdays? Sure. All right. Happy birthday. Dear rock stars, happy birthday to you. All right, here we go. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to Rich Sear. Remember Rich, the human kiss meme? Yes, I do. Had a birthday a couple of days ago. Happy birthday, Rich. We got an awesome longtime friend of the show, 
one of the first people we ran into when we went down to the Vinnie Vincent's Atlanta Expo deal. Happy birthday this week to Joe Lascon. Happy birthday, Joe. All right. Also celebrating a birthday the same day on the 17th, Earl Skakel. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, Earl's awesome. Came down to Nashville, did the Ric Flair thing. Friends with Roddy Piper. Took a bullet for... Uh, no, he didn't take a bullet for Bruce Kulick. But he was there when Bruce Kulick got shot. <laughs> yeah. I think he he put the tourniquet on Bruce Kulick with his shirt. <laughs> That's right. That's wild. Earl's a fucking awesome dude. Yeah. All right. On the nineteenth, happy birthday to Lita Ford, the queen of metal. Cool. And also to Mark Fulio Statler. Who's that? From the Cheeseheads with Attitude. <laughs> oh, of course I don't know that one. Twenty's a pretty good day. The 20th, happy birthday to Nuno Betancourt, and also to Matthew Nelson. Oh, cool. That means it's also Gunnar Nelson's birthday. That's true. <laughs> Who's older? Hmm, I would say Nuno. By one year. He was born in 66. Yeah. They were born in 67. Mm. All right. Big day on the 22nd. Happy birthday to David Coverdale, born in 1951. Lead singer of White Snake. I like a lot of his solo stuff too. Like there was a period back before White Snake, when it was like the album was called David Coverdale, or the band's called David Coverdale, and the album's called White Snake. You ever heard that one? I've never heard it's it. It's awesome. And there's another one too hmm. from back then. I think there was two albums like that, which was basically White Snake before White Snake. Right. All right. Also on the twenty second, happy birthday. To another queen of noise, Joan Jett. Oh, cool. Didn't know Lita and Joan celebrated birthdays a couple days apart, huh? I did not know that. It's true. The things you learn in rock star birthdays. Happy birthday also on the 22nd to Peter Cecere. Oh, yeah. I miss him doing podcasts. Yeah, I'm sure he's still out there. Hopefully he's still listening. He's a nice guy. We met him at Rock and Pod. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. On the 27th. Which my birthday list isn't perfected. I know I'm missing people. <laughs> but on the 27th, Randy Bachman from the Bachman Turner Overdrive uh -huh. celebrates a birthday. On the 28th, our awesome friend and kick-ass author, Greg Renoff, celebrating a birthday. Oh, cool. Kicks guitarist and former guest of the show, happy birthday on the 30th to Brian Forsyth. Damage. And I guess that's... Uh, that's as far as we'll go this time okay. on Rockstar Birthdays. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> All right. The people that we need to remember this week, the anniversaries of their passing. On the 18th, back in 1970, we lost, man, forefather of rock guitar for sure. The one and only Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time passing there in 77. In uh, 2020, just a couple years ago, on the 19th, we lost original old-school drummer for Ozzy, Lee Kerslake. Mm. On the 25th in 1980, another drum legend right here, maybe the number one drum legend of them all, John Bonham. Yep. Passed away. Remember him on the 25th. In 2003, Robert Palmer. Passed away on the 26th. 
I forgot he passed away. Yeah, I did too when I was kind of putting these together. I was looking like who died on these days coming up. It was like mm. Robert Palmer, you know. Yeah, and you never forget that guy's videos from oh, the God. early days of MTV. <laughs> with the girls all dressed in black, but they're all white, and they're just dancing and holding instruments. Iconic, man. And I'll never forget that. Also, uh, his performance with Power Station on uh, the oh, T-Rex yeah. Bang-A-Gong cover. I love that cover. Yeah, that's that album's got like three really good songs on it. Good hard rock and stuff. On the 27th, we'll remember bass monster man this guy taken way too young in 1986 iconic metallica bass player cliff burton yeah man i love the stuff he did with metallica that's the cliff burton stuff is the best always yeah and then wrapping it up for Rockstar death days lost allison steel on the 27th back night in 1995 the night bird yeah, famous radio DJ. Uh, what she did? She did a famous interview with Kiss, didn't she? she did a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. She was the, she was the first big time DJ to do a feature on the band with an interview with them in like 1974 when the first record came out. Yeah. yeah. See, that's important stuff. That's why we got to remember these people in this upcoming week or so, because we lost some legends, you know, and it's good to, I think it's good to remind everybody about these people that we lost, you know, maybe stop and think about them, maybe pull out one of their discs from your collection and give them a listen on their day. Yep. All right, and then as far as upcoming albums, whew, I mean, we got bombarded with a bunch of good shit the last couple of weeks, but I guess we're about to go into a drought. I'm not seeing <laughs> a whole lot. Weezer's got something coming out called S-Z-N-Z Autumn? I have no idea. Yeah, you never know what it's going to sound like with them. Um, there's something here called Alaska Thunderfuck. <laughs> I remember a band called Alabama Thunderfuck that was pretty good. Yeah. I don't think that's the same. All the way up to the 23rd, I'm not seeing a whole lot. Okay. New, new Riders of the Purple Sage still put out albums? Who is that? The New Riders of the Purple Sage, you don't know about them? I have no clue who that like is. Like old 70s country rock. They had the song uh, Panama Red, Panama Red. You know that I one? Don't know it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song about weed. Uh, nah, I, yeah, I've never heard of them. Jeez, I'm not seeing shit. On the 28th, you got a new album from Drowning Pool. Well, that's cool. That's it. That's all you got. Oh, hold on. Oh, we're going all the way to the end of the month now. Got to save a little something for next week. But here's a teaser. Raven's got a new album coming out before the end of the month. Yes, they do. Heck yeah. I'm hoping that tour will come here. They haven't announced any Nashville dates yet, but uh, they're they're hitting the States again, so I'm hoping they make it through here. That's wild how Drowning Pool has been able to hold on all these years after losing their iconic singer so early on. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you got to figure a lot of people dropped off after that. I mean, their first album was their big album. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that also goes to show that you get one big hit, you can milk that thing forever. Or if you're good once, you know, you, you earn those fans at the beginning and then something like that happens and they say, you know what, this band's so fucking good, I don't care if they get five more lead singers over the next, <laughs> you know, 15 years, I'm going to stick with them. 
Works for Skid Row. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. So that's cool, man. I think it's cool that Drowning Pool's still around. I love that first album. Oh, me too. And I got some, I got some of their other stuff, and I've been meaning to do more of a deeper dive on them to see what they came out with later. I think one of their more recent records almost made my best of list a couple of years ago. Nice. I was really into it. I was listening to it a lot. It didn't make my list, but it was close. Yeah, right on, yeah. man. That's cool. All right, let's get back to the news. All right, well... um. Dave Mustaine recently did an interview with Classic Rock Magazine, and he referred to himself, uh, talking about uh, the early days of Metallica, and he referred to himself as the leader of the band and the alpha of Metallica in the early days. I uh, I thought this was a little strange, because um, huh. he was like, uh, why did I have to do everything when I was in the band? Why did I, they always ask me to talk to the promoters and collect the cash. Why was I the one who had to do the fighting? Why did I have to talk in between songs? Well... Original bassist Ron McGovney is uh, pushing back against those comments. Yeah? Yep. He said, uh, let me find it. If we keep Dave busy with all these other menial tasks, he won't be around us. Yep. To karate us. Oh, shit, let me find the quote. But I always thought that's what the story was. Like, Dave was, you know, messed up and abusive to everybody. Yeah. And the other guys were scared to get karateed. And so they just kind of tricked them into getting off the bus somewhere. Yeah. Oh, so then it says, um, after Revolver Magazine tweeted out a link to the story that with Mustaine's comments, Ron McGovney shared the, uh, the tweet and included the following message. Dave talked to the promoters, collected the cash. James didn't even play guitar before Metallica. That's what Dave said in the interview. That's not how I remember those days. Just the opposite, actually. <laughs> so, uh so, yeah, Ron McGovney um, refuting what Dave Mustaine is saying. But then again, Dave Mustaine is the reason Ron McGovney is not in Metallica anymore. Yeah. Because of a, a big blow-up fight that they all had. Huh. But if he would have been able to hold on through that, Dave would have been gone eventually, and he could have been happy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hate to say that because I love the new Megadeth album. I, I think it's yeah, awesome. But, man, the more interviews that Mustaine does during this press tour, the less I like the guy. It's yeah. Just, he just really comes off as bitter, curmudgeonly, and unlikable. Yeah, I guess if you got to go around telling people what an alpha male you are. Well, and it seemed like a few years ago he had kind of changed and, you know, cleaned up his act as far as being kind of a prick to people, but it just seems like that old version of Dave Mustaine is starting to come back to the surface again, you know? Because he, like, he ain't got Ellison around to be the yin to his yang to keep him balanced anymore. Don't say yang and Ellison in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, and he man. And he hasn't been kind to Ellison in, in interviews either lately, which no. kind of sucks. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole episode we could talk about that whole situation. <laughs> I just hate the way it is nowadays where, like, if one person complains, the the entity being complained against will take all stock in that one person's complaint. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a can of worms I don't want to open right yeah. now. But, uh, all right, next story. And this is something, this I, it bums me out to share my opinion on this story because I was so excited for what it was going to be. Yeah. And, and, well, in fairness, it's one show that I've seen footage from. But Kane Roberts has started touring with Alice Cooper, as, you know, we talked about recently. And 
He they some footage from the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania show. His first stop on the tour has surfaced, and Kane's just not good on this show. He hmm. he he looks awkward. He looks. I mean, which I mean, like I said. Then bear in mind, it's his first show back, so yeah. there's probably jitters and nervousness, and also probably not a lot of time for rehearsal, but. In Alice Cooper's show, man, there's a lot more to that than just standing on stage and playing yeah. guitar. It's like, watch out for this because it'll cut your arm off. Watch out for that because it'll set you on fire. Yeah, but it's, but like it, it's the contrast is striking looking at Tommy Hendrickson and Ryan Roxy up there with him up there because, I mean, they've been doing it forever and they just everything is so fluid with their playing, especially the lead playing. But Kane's lead playing just is really stilted and he's missing notes left and right on it. And it's, and he also, he's holding his guitar way up high. I don't know what that's about, but it, uh, I mean, still in great shape, but I don't know. I'm hoping he'll knock off the rust and over a few shows, but it, it didn't look, I was a little underwhelmed with the the footage that I've seen. Hmm. Hate judging on the first show though. Like well, that's why I said, know. I'm saying uh, that's the prep. The, that's the uh, disclaimers. It was just a, his first show. So yeah. it, it, it'll probably get better, but I'm, I'm sure like, it will. Ugh. If it don't, he'll be fired. Well, I think Nita's going to wind up coming back to the band anyway. I think I read something where that's kind of the idea, where she's taking a break and then we'll come back. Well, and then Demi Lovato announced today that this tour is going to be her last tour. Yeah, okay. So that that opens the door for Nita to come right back in, which I'm sure she probably will. Well, and I'm sure that was all part of it when that was all first discussed, you know, about how, you know, well, I can leave for this and then this is she's done and then i'll be free to come back and say yeah. oh well it's the anniversary of the kane roberts era of the alice cooper band you know and some of the, one of those albums i think and uh bring him back for it that's cool on paper and everything yeah but kane hasn't played with alice cooper in a long time but like yeah, i said I first show i'm sure it's just you know get this one out of the way and really kick ass tomorrow and from there on out he'll be good to go yeah, I think there's just jitters and stuff involved. But uh, And by the way, I have listened to the Demi Lovato album that came out. Is it metal? It's not like full-on metal, but it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's not really? bad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's more pop still, but, but there's good stuff on it. Really? There's yep. good rock and stuff on there? Yeah. I mean, it's not like straight-up rock and roll, but there's like some metal elements that work into the songs that I think are good. But it's it's, it's still mostly a pop record. My wife is going to be like, why did you buy me a Demi Lovato CD? I'm like, oh, can I borrow that for a minute? <laughs> I, You probably still won't love it. but I'm checking it's... out at the Target going, this is for my wife. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a middle-aged perv. I'm going to buy a box of tampons to go with it just, just so people don't think it's for me. Right. This, this Demi Lovato CD. I was pleasantly surprised with it. No. Okay. All right. So wow. one more, one more story I say for the end because it's funny we we talked that we were talking recently about Andy McCoy and featured his music and went on and on about how much Hanoi Rocks uh, is a great band. Well, they're reuniting for Michael Monroe's 60th birthday concert soon. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're gonna nice. play. But I saw that it was the original Hanoi Rocks. Yeah. And I had to wonder, like, aren't there guys that are dead, like Razzle? Well, Razzle died, but Razzle wasn't the original drummer. Okay, all right. It's, it's a guy named Jip Casino that oh, was the original yeah. drummer. That's right. But he was only with them. 
I think he left the band right as the first album came out. What a great name, though. Jip Casino. Oh, no, he came out. Uh, he left oh, the band. Fuck, my headphones just went dead. Oh, no. Um, sorry, everybody. My headphones just went dead. Chris, you want to just wrap this up? Yeah, well, we, the, I can't hear anything. Go check out the Hanoi Rocks reunion thing, and we're going to end this a little prematurely. Sorry about that, but uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks.